You're listening to Bowls Australia's official podcast, The Right Line, rolling you through the latest from the world of bowls. Subscribe now via your favourite podcast app. Hello and welcome to The Right Line, Bowls Australia's official podcast, and it's our first podcast after an event. Val Febo here with you, and we are so excited to bring you all of the fallout from BPL 14, what was a remarkable Bowls Premier League event, the first with 10 teams, and we can't wait to dissect everything that happened. But before we do any of that, we must get into our panel because they are so eager and so keen to talk about the wonderful week that was in Moama, and the first of which is, well, she was just dominating. Absolutely dominating, Lindsay Clark. She was all over the TV screen. She was interviewing her own children. She was pulling rank. She was phenomenal. How are you, Lindsay? Uh, yeah, that was a great introduction. I'm, I'm like, who's he talking about? But that's me. Yes, I had a great time at the BPL. Thanks, Val. You know, it was awesome um, to be able to get right in behind the scenes and call some of the action and interview our amazing players. Like they really put on a show and made my job super easy. To um, I just love talking about what they were doing. Now, it was a great week by you, Linz, and another lady who had a fantastic week. But the one word that we are going to make taboo on today's show is the word tiebreak. Carla Krasanik, we will not talk about them to you, but uh, congratulations yeah. on your week because the Melbourne Extreme were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, look, we did have a very enjoyable week, that, um, you know, and we we're pretty happy with how we went. If we didn't include the tiebreakers we um yeah we went really good so unfortunately those didn't really go away but yeah it was such a great week up in Moab I had an awesome time and yeah I mean I'm just exhausted now though I still haven't recovered and we're days later oh neither have I don't worry I slept a lot on uh, on Saturday night after I got home but I'm sure the man that will give us some stats about tie breaks and everything and all along those lines is the one the only Clive Adams Clive thank you very much for joining us it's a shame you couldn't be there last week but it's good to see your face over over teams how you doing uh, very well very well I was there in spirit that's for sure and uh yeah, I might have a few sneaky little stats to run by you as uh, as the show goes on. But, uh, no, it was a wonderful spectacle. Uh, Lynn's fantastic job, uh, as usual, with all those interviews. And uh, such a natural on the TV, Lynn's. You, you do a fantastic job. And Carla, a uh, great job on the green. Uh, was was, uh, was, a, was uh, brilliant to watch. And it really, for me, the atmosphere really came through for me watching from home. And that's the first thing, or uh, well, the second thing, really, because the first thing is that the Sydney Lions were dominant on finals night. They just pulled out the right bowls when they needed to and got the job done from third over the Moama Steamers in the final. It's only the fourth time we've ever had a BPL final go to a tiebreak. So it was the, the atmosphere for finals night as a whole was brilliant. We had a narrative in every single one of those games because the first one was Alex Marshall ending the reign of um, the Tweedheads Ospreys with two just unreal bowls in the tiebreak. He took first bowl and he took their last bowl, which has never been seen before. So that was remarkable. The second match was Disco sinking the Pirates after an Alex Marshall special. The third match was the Steamers getting through to the grand final in a pretty good win over the Pioneers. The prelim was... The Lions, again, in a tiebreak, another tight one against the Pioneers. <laughs> and then they got the job done from a set down against the Steamers in the final in amongst a raucous atmosphere. So the crowd, Lynn's, um seeing it on finals night, how, how was the vibe for you? Because for me, watching it all, I was, I was in awe. Yeah, it was just electric, Val. I think, like Clive said, it came through the TV, but... Um, you know, the crowd there, I've got to do a special mention to the extreme fans. Oh, gee, they were awesome. They <laughs> yeah. were the best cheer squad there by Country Mile. They were great. But I think everyone just got behind the great bowls. Um, you know, Alex Marshall always adds something extra to an event. I think just having him there lifts the standard of the whole thing. Um, and it started from game one, that that tiebreak end with Alex starting and, and finishing the set or the game or the mat, whatever happened. I can't remember. It was just awesome. And it just made it like everyone in, was enjoying the atmosphere from players to, um, yeah, as commentators and hosting and the coaches. It just, yeah, it made it exciting to bring across, I guess. 
When Alex played that first bowl and then the last bowl in that tiebreaker, there was so much talk. I wasn't actually um, in the grandstand at that stage. I was sort of at the back um, with entertaining my children. But I had, there was so much talk. Everyone, you could see them going around, can they do that? Is he allowed to do that? There was just, <laughs> It was just so much vibe about it. Everyone wanted to know whether it was allowed. Like, obviously it was. There was no reason that it couldn't happen. So, And I, I am wondering, I don't know if you heard, Linz, but whose actual idea was that for him to do that? Yes, so that was Ellen two days earlier. The funny thing was when it was, I put all the pieces together. Two days earlier, where I was chatting to LZ and um, Ellen Faulkner, sorry, from the from the Pirates, and she said she had some cool little plans in mind. And if we see something random, think of her. And I, I didn't even think about <laughs> it at the moment. I was just like, going, this is insane." And how has nobody ever thought about just doing one bowl? Or it, I think the rule is just nine bowls each at yeah. any stage. So um, I, from all accounts, it was Ellen who made the call, but. Who cares? It was just awesome. <laughs> I'll say it did send me diving for the conditions of play to have a bit of a look and see <laughs> uh, see what they were and weren't allowed to do. But but uh, even as an extension of that, we've we've seen an evolution of the BPL here at BPL fourteen mm. because the the tie break end, the chasing the jack into the ditch with the first yeah. bowl is something we we haven't really seen before. We've seen it sometimes people do it in singles play and if they're if they're brash enough at twenty four all they might go for jack in the ditch, but this is an evolution of of the competition that we haven't seen so much before. It happened a hell of a lot. There was one example yeah. that I can remember, the Kevin Anderson one, where he did it on Ringside yeah. Live, and he looks over at myself, Rob Wilson, and Lachlan Williams, who were calling the action and um, and uh, streaming it, and he goes, did you guys get that? And <laughs> it was like, well, yes, we did. You can uh, jump on and rewatch that later. But it was, it was unbelievable. The accuracy was phenomenal. Alex did it. Twisty did it, Kevin did it, so many of the players were able to do it and it, it just made things so much more exciting. And even during the day games, the crowd was big enough to, th there was a thunderous applause for everybody that did it throughout the entire week and it was awesome. Yeah, there was a lot of games that obviously don't get played on the Facebook Live or um, mm. at night on the tally and I can tell you it was happening quite a bit across the green. So I, I'm not sure whether it's just a change in the players tactic-wise or whether they're finding that Moama's a bit easier to run on than perhaps the Pine Rivers green. So, but yeah, it was seen quite a bit through the week and yeah, a lot of excitement and great if it works for you, not so great if it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think also an, another layer to that is they didn't necessarily always get it in their guts and sit on the top of it. So then it became a matter of, all right, now we've got to try this skill of drawing to the ditch. So yep. perhaps if, if uh, you know, the TV matches, if people are tuning in, they're like, what sort of shot is this? Or even our club level bowlers to see that this is a skill that uh, most of our BPL guys probably practice a lot in training anyway. Um, but that, you know, the grand final coming down to a draw to the ditch, like Tash played a bomb thinking, probably a little bit inside thinking, yeah, that was pretty good. And then Twisty <laughs> comes and trumped it. Like, what the... <laughs> It's penalty shootout style stuff. It's, yeah. uh, you know, you come down to the tiebreaker, the jack's on the tee, someone's got to get it. But what I love about it is it's what it is, is it's the team going first saying, well, we know that the team playing last mm. has an advantage because they have last bowl. Yeah. We're going to try and take our advantage, which is first crack at the jack. Love it. And it's it. it's it's a it's a good evolution of tactics. And yeah. it, it worked so well. And and you're right, that final Tash would have thought, I've got it, I've done it. It's she put it in a perfect spot. And then Twisty, the next bowl just goes, Well, you know, I can I can do better. And it was it was a phenomenal night and it was one of the best um exponents of bowls I've ever seen. Just but I, like I haven't thought about it like that, Clive, until you just mentioned the 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 power play there, and it might not the actual power play, but the <laughs> the change in a, in power position, but it might actually make teams go, hang on, maybe we do want to keep the map this yeah. this power play, and, and maybe mm -hmm. Kevy, you run that jack and you get it. So maybe you know generally, why bother? You know, that if we win the toss, you're going to send it in anyway. Generally, so now it adds another little flavour. Love it, Clive. Good job. Mm. It really comes to play during the week, the coach's um, importance of winning the coin toss in the power play. Um, and I I won't dub, no, I will dub Calvin in. He was struggling there for a little while. So we were actually blaming him for our lack of um, results in tiebreakers. We shouldn't really because it wasn't him, it was our boss. But um, it was a massive thing across um, all the teams getting stuck into their coaches when they weren't winning the coin toss on those tiebreakers. It did happen a lot, actually. We saw a lot of laughing murmurs around around the greens <laughs> yeah. at Moama. But the one other thing or tactical thing it was the Alex Marshall play. 
Now, does someone at future BPLs, like a Ryan Bester or like a Aaron Tease or a Kevin Anderson, do they just then take the first bowl, wait a little bit for their second bowl, and then bowl it a little bit later on in the tiebreak? Because Ryan Bester's driving, was he might as well have been a Formula One driver last week because he was not missing. Even the masterclass that he did on air with Jack and Lindsay, he didn't miss. He just could not miss yeah, all except, week. Except except Bester sends the Jack on the street, not into yeah. the ditch. Well, he almost, he almost killed Tash. I may be wrong, but did we see Twisty do that in in the final? Didn't Twisty try and run with his first bowl? Then Kaz came on and played two, yes. and then he played his last. Yeah. So we already have seen it. Then take form again, thinking on their feet. Yeah. Um, but I, I have no doubt we may see Bester do that exact tactic at the BPL in May. Yeah. Well, he wants to win. He's lost now. He's been part of the last two finals, and they've come runner up both times. And geez, he he in himself, and we'll get to the All Star team in a second. But Ryan Bester just put on a masterclass this week. And he was instrumental in helping Moama. And I think in the MVP votes, I think Kevin Anderson and Natasha Van Aldick took a lot of votes off him because they were both extremely good as well. So um, all three of them were were just, they were on song as a team, weren't they? Yeah, I think uh, just about Bester, he knew he was playing well as well. Like that that um, piece we did about showing people, it was more more about technique, how do you drive and talking about the, you know, what goes through your mind. But I said to him before we went to air, I said, do you want me to set up a bit of a target, you know, a couple of bowls and a jack? He's like, nah, Lindsay, just give me one jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, mate. And he bloody got it. I was like, you are a freak. But he knew how good he was going. It was so good. So we had Aiden Davis, our, um, our marketing communications manager, former guest on this show, actually. He was out with Ryan Best. And now Aiden loves to drive. He loves it. So he was out there taking photos of Ryan uh, before the before one of those before he did it actually. And Aiden was taking credit. He watched it up on the platform with us and said, "Well, you know, all I needed was ten minutes with him, and look what he's done." So he's he's taken full on credit for that. Um, but no, it was it was a masterclass from Ryan Bester. But the uh, the all star team before we get to the all star team that won it. But Aaron Sheriff, Ben Twist, and Kelsey Cottrell were the first BPL all star team. So they were the three standout players um, in the eyes of the MVP voting. And Ben Twist was the one that I think impressed me the most. I thought he was sensational from first bowl to last bowl because it was ultimately his one that won it for them. And he skipped beautifully, but worked in tandem with both Karen and Disco to perfection. It was it was a brilliant team effort. I think um, one of the great things we saw about Twisty through the week was that he played both roles. He led up really well. He skipped really well. I know we we fell victim to him a couple times during the event. Um, we, at one stage, we were holding this amazing five against them. Absolutely nothing, all up the line. He had nothing to work for, and he drew the shot within two inches. Like he he was, and he was like that all week. He just got them out of trouble anytime they were in it. He was just really, really solid. I think everyone talked about how consistently good he was. Mm. And I think I asked him at one point, like, how, what is the recipe to your success? Like, why are you playing so consistent? <laughs> First laughing it off and saying, oh, I don't know. But he followed that with, like, he is putting a lot of time in, which the weird thing is he's putting a lot of time into training for UK conditions, right? <laughs> yeah. we've, got, we've got our, our UK trials coming up this week for the Australian team, um, which is on 10-second greens. I, I, don't, I think he's on croquet fields or something like that. And he's taken that preparation and been able to tweak it slightly back to his quicker green play at Moama. So um, just putting that time in is is developing um, a lot of a consistency, regardless of the fact he's training on 10-second tracks. <laughs> I guess with all that time he's putting on the track as well, it's really knowing your delivery and and being comfortable in what you're doing and people will watch Ben Twist and say well what's all the what's all the bits and pieces that goes on beforehand but the key is when that ball comes out how how sweet does it come out of the hand and it's every time it's coming out mm. absolutely sweet and you can do all you like beforehand at that at that point of delivery it's perfection and that's what we're seeing from from Ben Twist and we've seen him before deliver you know, I know he went right to the wire in our greatest shot of all time. I'm not sure. I, I, it just escapes me who won that, the, the greatest shot of all time that we did uh, during uh, a couple of years ago during uh, COVID lockdowns and so forth. But he was right up there with the one where he made a, a 10 in a, in a, mm. uh, uh, a BPL. So, you know, he's, he's, he's done it before. He has, <laughs> and I'm sure he's going to do it again because he's on it's... absolute fire at the moment. But... Uh... Aaron Sheriff, another MVP for him. It's his fourth at the BPL. He extends his lead there to four over over the rest of the guys that have two. And Kelsey Cottrell, the the two Gold Coast Hawks. And 
it was the final day. Now, this is the one that I want to talk about because this was the most bizarre round of anything that I've ever seen in my life because Moama had first stitched up. That, That was done. Adelaide had to win to finish second. They played the Pirates. Sydney had to win to put pressure on Adelaide to finish second. Or, uh, or they'd stay third. They were against the Tridents who were last. Then you had the Ospreys who had the Pulse who were third last. And all they had to do was win and make the finals. The Hawks played the extreme. And Carla's got a big smile on her face because all they had to do was win after beating Perth. So then Moama lose to Perth, who have put themselves in a good position waiting for other results, albeit. Then... You have Adelaide, who just lose to Brisbane, but Brisbane in a very commanding position. Adelaide were very close to forcing that to a tiebreak. So on a measure, on a measure that mm. uh, it was, <laughs> that they thought they had. Yeah, well, Caitlin Inch actually indicated one up, so they thought they had it. And then you've got the Lions, who lose to the Tridents. So Adelaide gets saved in second position. The Lions lose out, and the Ospreys could have gone to third, but then they ended up losing to the Pulse, and they looked in all sorts of trouble because the Hawks are up a set and 4-0 against the extreme. And then you've got the Perth Suns that have knocked off um, that have knocked off Moama. So everybody's breathing down their neck and somehow the extreme get the job done. The Pirates get the job done. The Hawks all of a sudden miss out and Tweed get in by the skin of their teeth and in, in fifth and Brisbane finish fourth. It was one of the most remarkable changes of positions and Clive you would have been sitting at home absolutely loving life well I was loving the fact that you were the one having to do the calculations live (laughs) because I've been there before Lockie Williams uh, was working wonders with me on the maths and we were just we were trying to work everything out live going okay so this is going to happen this is going to happen it was it was bizarre but it was a great morning Two years ago, um, Adelaide went into the – in fact, it might have been last last time at Moama, two BPLs ago. Adelaide went into the final round on top of the table, lost in a tie-break in the final round and missed the finals. That's mm. that's that's how tight these uh, these right. results can be at the BPL. So um, nothing surprises me these days with these final results, that's for sure. And uh, when we dig a bit deeper into a couple of the stats – you're going to see some interesting stuff that's come out of uh, out of some of the analysis. Don't, I was don't, just going to say as well. Oh, sorry, you go, uh, Val. I was going to say, don't mention tie breaks, please. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, when I turned up, it was uh, to get ready for prepare for the night's TV sessions. It, a set had been played, and every all the whispers going around the crowd was exactly like what you were talking about, Val. So I'm trying to follow what Perth are doing on the TV ring. Um, you know, everyone's saying, "Oh, the Gold Coast are in because they're you know we're going really well against Aussie's Extreme and Tweed." Were just you know they. All they had to do was win one of their last two and they lost both. Um, So they looked like so disappointed. But the extreme, and Kelvin keeps saying, so Kelvin and the extreme team kept the Ospreys in the final. So I think (laughs) Tells and Kelvin were having like little bits of banter the whole uh, whole way along and um, Kelvin's come through with the goods for the Ospreys and his extreme. It was a phenomenal finish, I think. Oh, gee, you played a bomb on that tie break and Omar just missed, I think from what I saw, and that was the end. I mean, it was in his hands potentially, so um, you know, it, it was super exciting. I think that's what built into the finals night. Yeah, it really did, and it was just – it was an unbelievable morning of bowls. And before we do get into Clive's stats, because we love to hear those, that the Sydney Lions, they were the championship team, of course, and the addition of Aaron Wilson, I think, just added a little bit of versatility. And we said that Ben Twist worked in tandem with him really well, and then Karen Murphy as well, but – uh, Disco was able to pull the right bowls at the perfect time, and the epitome of that was against Alex Marshall in that tiebreak because Marshall had the celebrations going. He had the whole crowd at his feet, and then all of a sudden, nobody thought that Disco was going to do it, but then he stalked <laughs> it in. He knew as soon as it left his hand that he was on, and he stalked it all the way to the jack, and it, the celebration was was fitting because it was such a remarkable bowl. And I think that's the image, and that, that's what the BPL is, the celebration, the crowd applause, and the addition of Disco was just something a little bit different, and it worked so beautifully for the Lions. We did talk about um, in our last edition about how uh, the change of teams for Disco might give him a little bit of a spark and also the same for the Lions. The change up can sometimes just give them a new bit of oomph to to get going and it seemed to do that. But I just wanted to add there that 
I was sitting on the sideline watching that bowl of discos and for the first time ever, I think he took three quarters of a second rather than just half a second on the mat. So I think that extra quarter of a second was what did it for him. I'll tell you, players under pressure will always appreciate when they can play like a little runner as well. Like yeah. It was just that little running way and Bit it's just chance. easier easier <laughs> under the pump to get that away and not have to worry so much about the weight. Alex's bowl to draw it was phenomenal under, yeah. those, oh. under that pressure. But, but what an opportunity then for Aaron to play almost a pet shot of himself for Disco to be able to say, oh, I love these little runners where I just get it away with whatever weight comes out. Don't have, to, don't have to be a bit hesitant with any of that and just play the shot. And he did it perfectly. It was a Disco show. And Clive, the stats, they're, they're the important ones. And you were sending through some wonderful content throughout the week. It was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. You and Aaron Delaport uh, doing such wonderful work. Now, what were the key ones for you that, either decided the results or were the reasons why some teams didn't do as well as they probably should have when you're looking at the ladder? We have to. We have, we have to talk to, about yeah. tie breaks. We have to talk about tie breaks first. So I'll mute Carla now. I'm just going to leave the conversation. <laughs> it's all good. We're very aware of our tie break situation. Well, when you look at the fortunes of a tournament, you know, the, the Moama Steamers, 13 tie breaks for 11 wins. Now, this includes uh, finals as well. 13 tie breaks for 11 wins um, is a, is phenomenal in anyone's language to to get through and, and continue to win tie break after tie break. And then if you compare that to the extreme and, you know, they, they finished uh, ninth on the table, three out of 12 tie break wins, you know, and it it's just it's written right there. There's a, there's an even bigger example. You know, the Gold Coast Hawks led in nearly every stat there was to lead, you know, like they were the highest scoring team, um, 12, 12.3 shots a game. Next best was 11.1 shots a game. So quite a, quite a handy lead there. Um, they led in terms of ends one. They won the most ends when they played first and when they played last, uh, they won the most of their own power plays. They defended power plays reasonably well. But they only won three of their nine tie breaks. And that's perhaps where the story of of them missing the finals is. Because otherwise, you look at this, you see two of their players in the all-star team, and you go, how did they miss finals? It's it's remarkable. And you look at uh, – we, we spoke to Omar after the third game. So the first morning – so the first tu- – on Tuesday, the first game, they were plus 40 on shot difference after three games. They'd won mm-hmm. an 11-0 set, a 13-0 set. And they were pretty dominant in the match that we covered. So they were so far ahead in the sets that they won, but then it was just that the you know in you know in the in the trenches when it was close where things just went awry. And look, there were some supremely good bowls in tie breaks that that were their undoing in the end. But yeah, un- unfortunately, you flip the results half, and they're in the finals. The extreme are in the mix for the finals, and yeah, it's it's so interesting when you break it all down. I think it's a typical BPL um, outcome that you don't necessarily have to be the best scattered team or the most consistent team. You've just got to play those maybe three or four crucial bowls at the right time. Like you don't have to outscore anybody. You've just got to, you know, win that tie break or, you know, win by one in one set and win a tie break. So it's, yeah, it's a pretty typical BPL outcome for me. When you say you don't have to outscore anybody, the top three scoring teams all missed out on finals. Oh. And the wow. bottom three and the bottom three scoring teams all made finals. You're um, kidding. So, oh my so God. your point your point is perfect. So who were the yeah, top yeah. three and who were the bottom three scorers? So the top three scoring teams were the Gold Coast Hawks, the Melbourne Extreme, and the Melbourne Pulse. Mm, and wow. the, bot- the bottom three scorers were the Sydney Lions, the Brisbane Pirates, and the Adelaide Pioneers. Wow. So Incredible. really it's all about playing the right ball at the right time. Yeah. And it's wow. and, and tie breaks play a huge role. You know, you look at the Perth Suns, they were in the bottom half of the rankings in in nearly everything except for tie breaks. They won six of their eight tie breaks. So yeah. there's, there, you know, if you if you look at another another team that maybe wins three of their eight tie breaks, Perth are at the bottom of the table if they do that. Um, six out of eight tie breaks gets it done. So these tie break tactics that we've already spoken of uh, are going to prove crucial as we as we go further into this uh, into the the further evolution of the BPL. And it's exactly right. This was. 
it was an evolved BPL. It felt different to the two that we had last year. And, you know, that was, I guess, with the with the expanded teams and, you know, and the different tactics. And it was fantastic. But one thing before we do get to a break, and of course, Karen Murphy is going to join us next to chat about everything that happened last week, as well as her role, which we can't wait for. The return of Alex Marshall on Australian soil. It was so good to see him doing what he does best. And he brought his best on the final day of the competition, and boy, wasn't it majestic to watch. Yeah, it doesn't he just add something special to the event? I know that, like, the players love having him there, but the crowd does too. Like, there's so much talk. Like, a lot of people came up to me, is that is that the one? Is he the one from Scotland? So a lot of the locals who haven't had the chance to meet him before, we're just excited to, to see him and have the chance. And he's such a lovely guy. Like, you see yeah. him out there talking to, to all the members of the different clubs that are up and about having to look at the events. So, yeah, it was really exciting to have him there. Um, not great when you're playing against him, but otherwise awesome. <laughs> I think I, I've asked Alex a few times as well, like th- what what makes you play so well under pressure or the big shots at the right time all the time. And he said he, you know, he doesn't really think about it. He just loves the environment. He loves being able to have the opportunity to play those shots. So he takes it all on board. But as well as taking that on board, he's got, you know, everyone wants to talk to him. All the players want a photo with him. Like I think nearly every broadcast we talked about, the goat is here and don't tip against the goat and all this sort of stuff. So he just, yeah, unbelievable character for our game and great to have him in the BPL. And that's what I was going to touch on. I got, had the chance to have a little chat to him and he was such a lovely human being, really (laughs) nice down to earth, so humble, but so good at what he does. And that pressure is privilege statement that I've heard so often. He He's one of the epitomes of that because he just relished those opportunities. He put himself in that opportunity, in that position to have that first bowl against the Ospreys. He then put himself in the opportunity or in the position to have that final bowl against the Ospreys. He wants the bowl in his hands and he wants to be the one that makes a difference. And that's why he's such a good player. And he's just a fantastic asset for this sport. And he does it in such contrasting circumstances, Val. You can't get any different. A BPL to a World Bowls to a final (laughs) when everything's pristinely quiet and to a BPL where there's music, there's, there's, uh, there's pressure of the format, there's the crowd, there's everyone, there's the expectation, and he does it time after time. Yep. Spot on, Clive. I, I was just going to add as well that I think a lot of players and you know, the people at home love the BPL because we get to see his personality. Like, yeah, when he's playing the World Bowls Tour or World Championships, Commonwealth Games, he's sort of really focused and just got to go about your business. But seeing some of his reactions to his own shots, like, <laughs> we don't get to see that a lot. So, yeah, we loved being able to see that. And just quickly before we go on to our next segment, how great on the other end of the scale to see some of the emergence of the young ones or the new guys to the to the franchises. So Chris Roseanne's um, amazing. Awesome. He oh, was brilliant. So good. And he just built and built and built in confidence as the, the BPL went on and he spent more time with Alex and Ellen and Brini on the sideline. But Taylor and Mail and Mark Knights from Tassie, like, you know, it's just an awesome event to get such ends of the spectrum, you know, to see those players out there. I was talking with Taylor a lot and we had him on the show and I know I bring this up a lot. Big Richmond supporter. We both are. I was trying to get him, him and <laughs> Mark Knight. Him and Mark Knights were supposed to do a little Dustin Martin celebration, but they never did it. So I got a bone <laughs> I got a bone to pick with Taylor about that. But no, that both of those guys really embraced the atmosphere, didn't they? They loved playing in front of the crowd. They played some ripping bowls and when the crowd got up, they got up with them. And I thought that was really, really good to see. Mark Knight's a star in the commentary box too. Oh, yeah. The commentary he did was outstanding. Such a such insight into what was going on out there. I was uh, real. I mean, he's an experienced player, but uh, I was really impressed with uh, with what he brought to the table. And of course, we can't forget the uh, the wonderful man Jack Heverin that did a wonderful job bringing us all the coverage as well. So uh, well done to Jack. He does a wonderful job for our sport as well. He does. You carried him though, Lindsay, didn't you? <laughs> I was going to say Jack's the ultimate professional. I'm so lucky. I feel in my role to I feel like I can be a lot more confident because I have Jack, you know, bringing bringing things back to base if I go a bit AWOL at times. Yeah. Um, but he's he is incredible. He, you know, he started from not really knowing too much about our sport to just being a guru himself. You know, I'm on the sideline doing expert comments, but he's covering most of it in the commentary with um, some of our players. So, yeah, he does such a great job. And, yeah, we're really lucky to have him 
onboarding the commentary team for our BPLs. He is phenomenal. Having worked with him previously at SE, and he has any he if anybody's nervous around him, he can make anyone feel confident in their in their abilities and in their job. So well done to Jack Heverin as well in uh, in the commentary booth. Well done to everybody. A big thank you to um to everyone at Moama for putting the tournament on because they were brilliant over there. And also I want to pay a big shout out to Lachlan Williams who did such a wonderful job in orchestrating everything for Ringside Live. He's a technological guru. There are a couple of <laughs> innovations that we had this week. So Lockie did an outstanding job and, uh, and yeah, he was absolutely sensational. So big thank you to him as well. And big thank you to everybody that viewed and watched the Bowls Premier League because it is nothing without the fans. So we, uh, we're so grateful to everybody that showed up and watched on TV. But we do have Karen Murphy still to come. Remember, you can subscribe to The Right Line on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, any of the podcast channels where you get your shows from we are there very excited to chat to Kaz we'll catch you next the Australian Jackaroos are preparing to embark on their hardest campaign to date the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games stay up to date and follow their progress as they prepare to tackle the northern hemisphere conditions at bowls.com.au this is The Right Line, Val Ferbo, Lindsay Clark, Carla Krasanik and Clive Adams joining you on Bowls Australia's official podcast and we have done our BPL 14 review and joining us to extend that is, well, the one, the only, four-time champion of the BPL, Karen Murphy. Karen, how are you? It's great to finally have you on the show and you're in, well, it's kind of, it looks like there might be a little bit of sun glistening behind you on the Gold Coast, but it's great to have you on and uh, how are you doing? Yeah, really good, guys. We have got a bit of sun today, which is awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's been pretty pretty dire up here on the Gold Coast. But, um, yeah, luckily uh, today's um, really good and we've been able to get on the green and uh, host the first session or first day of the Paratrials. Well, your fourth BPL championship last week with the Sydney Lions. Are you still on a high? How, how are the emotions going at the moment? Because you seem pretty pumped after that one. Still tired. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure uh, the girls would agree that uh, it, was a, it was a very tiring week, but a really, really good week. Um, you know, those extra rounds sort of uh, were, were a bit hectic, I, I guess, but um, yeah, still pumped. And um, yeah, we had a really great week, really enjoyable week, actually. And um, yeah, look, what a spectacle, you know, for the sports, you know, from a marketing and advertising point of view, um, it was one of the best BPLs that I've been involved in, that's for sure. Kaz, let's go back to the start before we unpack all the, the grand final action. How did you get Disco involved in the team and the excitement that he brought? How did you feel you'd go as a team before you even started the event? Yeah, I think well, Linz. Like we knew Omar was was off to the Hawks, so we needed to recruit. And um, as it turned out, the, the Roy's sort of um, folded. So Disco was a no-brainer for us. He's uh, obviously a Cabramatta uh, teammate of mine. He's Benny Twist's best mate. Um, so it was a, a bit of a no-brainer, and he slid into the team seamlessly. I guess you know he uh, he really enjoyed having the Mount Lewis guys um, support, and and just enjoyed uh, you know I guess I think you always you know when you're in a new team, sometimes you could get trapped into sort of trying to play really well, you know, like you want to impress, I guess, don't you, sort of thing. So he led off to start with, uh, and Benny went to skip, and and we actually found that that combination worked pretty good right from the get-go. Kaz, the dynamics for you have changed quite a bit over the years. Obviously, Glass was your was our national coach while you're playing for him. Now he's not. Now you're a, a national assistant coach. So you were a player and a teammate with the boys. Now you're their coach on a national stage. How does that make you feel in amongst the team or it just doesn't come to play at all during the BPL? Yeah, it is funny. Um, I do know you say that, but uh, I think that, um, yeah, the boys, I mean, they're um, – Benny and I have been playing bowls together for years and years, you know, not only BPL but PBA and, and Disco's a, a club mate. So, yeah, the whole um, national selector, assistant coach role uh, and even Benny's pathways um, manager now, I think about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's Sort of all goes out the window. It's a bit, bit messy and grey there, isn't it? But, no, <laughs> we, we, just, we just really enjoyed uh, playing together and um, it was just a, it was a really good atmosphere, you know. I mean, it was great when Omar was there as well, you know, like we, we had some – great wins and some success and, and and not so much sort of thing. But, um, yeah, we just sort of reset and uh, and off we went. Kaz, you described it as as potentially the best ever. What do you put that down to? I mean, is it is it because players are valuing these events a little bit more at the moment as well with with less on and less being able to get out there and, and play all these competitive matches? Do you think it comes down to some of that? 
oh, the the players were just so happy to be back together and playing and on the on the big stage. You know, I think everyone really enjoyed it, and I think I'm really proud. You know, probably putting my my work hat on here for a minute, but. Uh, just as as an overall, I think all the players were really mindful of the COVID situation and, and they took it really seriously. Everyone really sort of um, stuck to their guns. You know, there was no going to sort of restaurants and pubs and things like that. And uh, from, from that angle, I thought it was a really great event that they adhered to that. Um, and therefore, it ran seamlessly. It was um, very well run. I thought the organisation by Malamo, Kev and Stewie was, was excellent as well. So it just went off without a hitch. And um, I think the viewers at home, for everyone who does watch bowls, you know, and, and watches your show, I think they were just wrapped to have bowls back on telly. And it was a fantastic spectacle. Now we'll move to the on-green stuff because we want to hear about all of that. The final night, Kaz, you were involved in two mouth-watering clashes, first with the Pirates and then with the Steamers as well. Talk to us about how you were when those final bowls were coming down. So Disco had the one to sink Alex Marshall and the Pirates and then the final bowl of the final. How were you feeling? I think when we were waiting for Taddy to play his last bowl, I was thinking, oh, well, I can go back to the room, have a shower, I'll get changed, come back, <laughs> and uh, watch the rest of the night. So that's okay. You know, we made the final. It was a good effort. <laughs> but, um, and then probably thought that again against Adelaide. So, um, yeah, look, they were both cracking games. And um, we, we were we were really happy. Like, Disco really found his fifth gear in, on that last day, not even the night, that whole day. Like, he just uh, – he was up and about on the Friday morning and I could just tell, I went, Oh, this is, this is good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, really nail biting stuff. I and mean, those, you guys know, those games can go either way. You know, the, you yeah. can get beaten on a, on a lucky rub. You can get beaten on a really great bowl. Um, you know, who gets there first, who has last say, that's basically how it goes. But, um, we were lucky enough to get through twice in that situation. Leans. Uh, Kaz, it, with the BP, uh, you know, you've won heaps. So you, all three of you have to be playing well and the coach. Like, I think it's the most animated I've seen Glass in all of your appearances. And he's even in, watching back that final, he was out there on the rink with you all and you're all huddling together, you know. Talk us through the dynamic about how you all have to play well and, and Glass's involvement this year. Yeah, you do all have to play well. And, and to be fair, ben, Benny Twist was it's probably the best I've seen him play ever. Uh, on outdoor or indoor greens. He was just, you know, like he, he really embraced the skipper's role initially um, and and he, he he played really well as skip, you know, when Omar and him used to change over, if you remember too. So, um, yeah, Benny was awesome, probably best I've ever seen him play. And uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I was really happy. I, you know, I was fairly, fairly solid throughout the event. Um, just I, I think I used my bendy bowls in the first game and then they went out the window and I just <laughs> – decided to play with good weight and straight up the line and that seemed to work fairly well. So, um, but you do, you're right. Everyone has to be playing well. You can't sort of, you can't sort of carry someone, you know, sort of thing. And, and glasses animation. Well, I think he was just happy to be back and, um, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. He still forgets to use power plays and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, doesn't know what end it is sometimes, you know, uh, but, uh, but no, that's okay. Team effort. <laughs> so is that part of your role as well, Kaz, to keep him on, on tune with what's actually going on during the game? <laughs> you're doing yeah, double jobs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We're, most of the time we're just sitting there talking rubbish. I do so and then go, oh, oh, oh what's going on here? <laughs> we're having fun, having a chat. So, no, it's good. It's um, good week. But... Uh, the fact that you finished third, Kaz, um, is an interesting place to finish because you, you basically had to wait for one game to be played. Uh, then you had a win, and then you had to wait for another game to be played. How, how did you – I mean, you're, you're all very experienced players. You think that counted for a lot? I mean, it, I guess third was almost the most awkward place to finish on the mm. table, um, except for out of the finals, of course. <laughs> it, it, it was it was probably, probably the worst place to finish. It was. Um, I think, uh, look, you know, before we played the finals, I said to the boys, we, we've had years where – we've gone straight through and, and, you know, had had that game off and just gone, you know, sort of straight through. And we've had years where we've actually won it and had to, and had to stay on sort of thing in the old format. Um, so, yeah, third wasn't ideal. And we probably, to be honest, we probably should have finished second. We lost both our games in the, the first two games on the Friday. Um, but, um, you know, if I said we did it the hard way, um, yeah, it was probably an understatement. So, um I, I sort of also think too we got a lot of game time in, in saying that you know that was probably was a positive for us so um, and a lot of really tight matches. Um, I don't think we won the first set in any of our games on finals night. You know we we had to come from behind every every game and and just 
you know, I think I said it in commentary, Linda, or you guys threw down to me on the sideline. You know, we just we didn't score against Brisbane. I think we lost 10-0 in the first set. And I just said, we've just got to win the second set by one. We've just got to scratch around, scrounge around and 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 hang tough. And, and we did that. And it was Disco there too that managed to finish off that end. So it was, it was a brilliant night. Now you become equal most successful BPL player with TZ and Aaron Sheriff. How much does that mean to you? You've all won four. Um, and considering all the things that you've done in your career for BPLs on top of that with the fields that are around you, that must be, that must be a thrill. Yeah, it's pretty, nothing, I didn't really, hadn't really thought about it too much, but um, yeah, I, I mean, you guys, you guys on the screen here know how hard they are to win. You know, I think that's the, that's the thing, you know, like I don't sort of think about, you know, the four, I think about how hard it is to win one, you know, so um, yeah, it's a, re- it's a really great feeling, you know, good team, team sort of feeling, we're pretty excited when, uh, you know, it was just nice. I think for me, I haven't, I haven't played much since I retired for internationally and it was just nice to get out there and, and one, you know, play well and, and two, sort of experience that winning feeling again, you know, like it's been a couple of years and it was really nice just to, you know, we watched, we watched the replay on Saturday night and um, at home and uh, it was just nice. Yeah. It was just good to be back. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched this one from home, Kaz, as you know, and it, um, the atmosphere seemed fantastic there. In fact, from day one or night, night one, I guess we call it, it seemed like the crowds were bigger. It seemed like the crowds were into it. Um, really came through really well on the TV. How was the atmosphere there compared to, I guess we can, we can compare to Pine Rivers, but probably compared to even previous Moama, uh, it just seemed to go up a notch. Yeah, it was the best BPL crowd-wise I think Moama's had. Um, and, yeah, it sort of it had a bit of a World Team Cup feel, to be honest, or, you know, when we played the first World Team Cup. So, um the, the, everyone really got around it. There was people from, you know, outside of Moama that travelled and, you know, like from different teams. It was really well supported through the teams as well. So, yeah, no, best best one we've had, I think, just as far as Moama that, I was, goes. So. Yeah, I was just going to say um, with the crowds, like the crowds can only round and up and about if the players play well. So I think definitely, Kaz, talk about the standard of play. Like obviously Alex Marshall played some bombs. You talk about Disco, you got Sheriff, you got Kelsey, you got all those guys from the All-Stars team. I just feel like the standard lifted a notch, which then allowed the crowd to be really up and about. Yeah, it did. And I think probably probably from a television rink point of view, Linz, you know, it was a lot more user-friendly than it had been in previous years. So um, I think that, um, you know, it was uh, conducive to good heads and the crowd appreciated it. It was it was a massive tournament and, and the quality of bowls just did not go away throughout the entirety of the week. Just before we do let you go, though, Kaz, I want to ask you, it's probably been about a year since you took over as assistant coach of the national team. How are you finding the role and how is it actually being at a, at a fully fledged camp with a lot of people around? Because obviously we've had two years of COVID, but now things are starting to progress. Vaccinations are up and, and we're looking good. So how are you finding it on the Gold Coast? Well, as I said, like first para trial, first day, I feel like it's like first day at school. Uh, <laughs> it's quite funny, you know, and it is look, you know, it, it it's been 10 months in my in my role so far, so um, I was really excited about this week. And, look, it is going to be weird for me like on, on Friday when the Jackaroos guys come in. You know, it's the first time that I've been in that in that role and for them to have me on as staff. But uh, I guess the, you know, the thing that they need to know and, and I feel really happy about is that I 1,000% support them. You know, like I, I'm, you know, I've got their back. I want them to win gold medals. I, you know, want to help them assist them as much as I can. So, you know, if... Uh, you know, if winning, seeing one of our teams win a gold medal, uh, and as a coach or sitting behind the ring or something like that, it'll probably be right up there. I think for uh, for me, um, as as exciting as it is as a player, it will be as a coach. So yeah, it's pretty exciting times. It is exciting times, and Kaz, you are going to be at the forefront of it as you have been for so many years. You're an absolute legend of Australian bowls, world bowls, and we're so glad that we've had you on the show finally, and we can't wait to see what the next chapter is for you. And congratulations on a big win with the Sydney Lions as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, and, yeah, great great supporter of your show. Do well. All your uh, interviews are awesome, and, uh, yeah, look forward to a, a really successful week here up at Mount Tambourine um, with the Jackaroos and Paratrial. So thanks for having me, guys. Karen Murphy joining us on the right line. Plenty more still to come. Stick around. The sports preeminent event is heading to the Gold Coast in 2023 with more than 35 nations expected to descend on the region for the World Bowls Championships, courtesy of support from Principal Partners Tourism and Events Queensland and Major Events Gold Coast.
This is The Right Line. Val Febo, Carla Krasani, Clive Adams and Lindsay Clark bringing you all the latest after BPL 14 and what was a wonderful event on the Murray River. We can't wait until Pine Rivers in May from May 23 to 27 in 2022. So we can't wait to get up there and hopefully Clive might be able to make the trek up to up to Brisbane and we'll get to see each other. We'll have the whole pod squad together face to face for the first time, which will be very nice. But guys... It's time for our first quiz of the year. We didn't do one last time. We threw it out because of uh, because of the BPL 14 preview. But in our review, I thought we had a little bit of time, and we do. So it's uh, what I've done is I've coupled together a few different or a couple of different themes here. A Moama theme, so a little bit of Moama history where there might be a couple of closest Ooh. to the pin. There's a couple of closest to the pin uh, uh, questions and also BPL 14. So you guys should be okay with that considering you're all either watching it a lot or there. So uh, without further ado, first question. Yes. Val, before you ask the first question, I have to say, I think I deserve a bonus point because I did win the tipping between Lindsay and I during the BPL. Just saying. Just saying. You don't. No, oh, thanks, Val. Plus, you cut it early, Clive. Thanks for telling all our listeners about that. Whoops. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, Val. All right. Yeah, you're, well, you're, you're all good. Okay, first question. Are we buzzing in? Uh, this is this first question, yeah, you'll, it'll be a mix of everything. So, mm. in, this is closer to the pin. In kilometres, how long is the Murray River that Moama resides on? Oh, so, how long? God. The length of the Murray. <laughs> wow. Wow. <gasps> The longest river in Australia, so... Yeah, it's, it's bigger than 10 metres for sure. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. So... Clive, I feel like you should start so me and Carly get somewhere random. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's, let's let's see who can get closest to the pin here. Can you give let's, us a, a, a small guide, Val? All right. Okay. I'll, it's between 2,000 and 3,000 metres. Uh, sorry, 2,000 and 3,000 kilometres long. Okay. I was not going to get close. I was going to be in the ballpark then, so that's all right. I'll go 2,750 kilometres. 2,750 for Clive. Okay. I will go 2,365. 2,365 for Lindsay. I'll just go 2,500 in the middle of the two of you. And you know what, Carla? That's a good strategy because it's 2,508. Yeah, oh, you're only eight k's off, Carla. Well done. So not far at all. So yeah, but what would you have guessed if I didn't give you a ballpark? That's what I really want to know. I was going to go for about twelve hundred, so I was nowhere near. <laughs> I would have been in the three thousands. I would have been in probably the early three thousands. Yeah. Mm. So the Murray but River. Were you going to go with Lindsay? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. No comment. <laughs> Five hundred. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably I've got too many bloopers on me already, guys. So uh, we'll go to the next question. Thanks. Um, all right. So Carla on one after BPL fourteen, which player stands alone? So this is a buzz in question after BPL fourteen, which player stands alone with the most grand finals Lindsay. played? Yes. Ben Twist. No. Clive. <laughs> yep. Ryan, Ryan Bester. Yes, you are correct. Ooh, yeah. So Ryan Bester's played six grand finals now. So wow. almost almost half of the grand finals contested have been by Ryan Bester at the BPL. Uh, Has he always played with Moema? Are they six with Moema? Yes. Yes. Wow, yep. that's cool. He's played, he's played 13 series with Moema. The only time he didn't play was in APL, APL 1. 1 when Moema didn't have a team. Yep. Yeah, right. That's impressive. Mm. All right, number three. So this is another closest to the pin question. When was the Iron Bridge connecting Echuca and Moama completed? What year? Oh, really? Yeah, I've, I told you. It's a it's couple. we got to give Moama. Moama were fantastic to us last week, so we've got to you, give them a little bit of love. You could Can have we, given us a little bit of planning preparation time, so we had a nah, little bit of some. I wanted to have some fun with this. I, I can't win could, it, could so be, I'm going to have my fun. Could be miles away here. 1952. 1952 for Clive. Mm, I'm going to go 1938. 1938. <laughs> Carla, what about you, Lindsay? What What's in the middle of those two numbers? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with, no, I think I'll go with 76. 1976. Okay, it's not 1976. It's it's oh. actually Carla wins it again because it was completed in 1878. So, oh, man. so Carla is on two, so dominating now closest to the pin here. Now, number four. 
How many tiebreak ends were in the first ringside live match covered at BPL 14? Carla. Hang on a sec while I bring up my spreadsheet. <laughs> Carla's got... How many tiebreak ends? Yeah. Two? Yes, that's correct. You should know that because you were Ooh, playing in it. I believe I featured in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Two tiebreak ends? Yep. Yeah, so, Ali killed it. Yeah, and it was so close. Was to, it almost stayed in. So Carla dominating here. She's on three. We needed oh. it to stay in. <laughs> Yes, um, you did. Yeah, yeah, it was very close to being in too. Yeah, Calvin was up and ready to go. What street is the Moama Bowling Club addressed on? Lindsay. Oh, I know this. Yeah. Is it Meninia? No, Meninia? no, that's the main street in Moama. Meninia ah, Street. So it's a short not, name. It's a short name. It is. Oh, 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 I street. Okay, Carla's wrong. What about Clive? No. Before Lin- before I give Lindsay another go, I'll give Clive a chance to, to jump in. Unless Did I hear High Street? I'll go High Street. No, That's it's right. not It's not that. Is it yeah. Shaw Street? Yes, Lindsay. Shaw yeah. Street. I knew it was a short name. Shaw Street. It literally was uh, a short Yeah, name. I know. You, you almost said it. You were there. I reckon that's probably what, Lin- what got Lindsay over the line. All right, so five questions down. Carla leads three, and Clive and Lindsay both sit on one. So it's anybody's game still. Number six, three players now boast three BPL titles after BPL 14. So they've each won three of them. Name those three players. This is a buzz-in question, so... Lindsay. Can you repeat the question? Okay, hang on. <laughs> so, Lindsay? Yeah, hang on. I'll, I'll repeat the question for Carla. <laughs> so there are three players that have won three BPL titles, so they sit on three in total. Name them. So I'll give Lindsay first... Right. Yep, so first crack at this. Ben Twist? Yes, that's one. Oh, hang on. So you mean four doesn't count? No, four does not no. count. Okay, Ben Twist. Um, Ryan Bester? No. Ah, uh, bum. I'm out. <laughs> All right. Uh, who else? Anybody else? So we've got Ben Twist. Carla's got – Carla, you just buzz in. You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> Chloe Stewart? Yes. Chloe Stewart. And She's won three. So we've got Ben Twist and Chloe Stewart. Is it Corey Wedlock? Carla Krasanik. Yes. Woo! I'm a little bit disappointed in Clive. I thought he'd be jumping all over that. He looks really worried. Yeah, he does Is a bit. Is he frozen? I think no, he's no, no, no. I thought he was. I thought I he was, was frozen. Pretend, I was pretending I was frozen. Yeah. Stat man's checking his stats. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So five to Carla, two to Lindsay, one to Clive. So it's almost unassailable here for Carla. Um, oh. Pretty, pretty much is until we get to the tiebreak end. Pretty no. Well, there's no tiebreak. Um, okay. <laughs> so that was a joke, Val. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> went straight over my head. Um, <laughs> Very focused. I miss okay. I miss you guys. Um, <laughs> what are the boats that are called? What Carla. are the boats called that transport to? Uh, yeah, <laughs> paddle steamers. Very well done. I can tell you that because we went on one Saturday morning. I took my little guy, <laughs> Axel and Harley, on one. Aww. Harley slept, obviously, and Axel very much enjoyed looking at the engine. Ooh, mum. Ooh, mum. So nice. yeah, very fun to go on. Well, there you go. Beautiful. Which one did you go on? Was it the, the I only remember the Emmy uh, Lou. The Canberra. Okay, nice. All right. Now, five players have won multiple MVP awards at the BPL. Name them. Five players, wow. Wow. Carla. Oh, Carla is on fire here. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't, I don't have to get five them all. You're getting a point per one, aren't you? Yeah, you exactly. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Sheriff. Yep. Yeah. Alex Marshall. Yep. Yep. Uh, Ryan Bester. Yep. Aaron Wilson. No. Oh. Five. Yep. Five. Clive. Aaron Tees. Yep. And there's one more. There is one more Ooh. that have won multiple MVPs. Are you looking at a screen, Mr. Adams? Hang on a minute. No, I'm not. He's no, I'm not. Hard. Look into my, never, look in, ne- look into one my thing eyes. I would never do is cheat on a quiz, Val. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't know. All right, Lindsay. Hmm. One more. He did play at this BPL. All five but, of them did play. I'll give oh, Lindsay. If, Lindsay's. If, is it someone really, really? That, that noise isn't Carla's dog, by the way. That was bef- <laughs> it was before. But <laughs> so, give, can we just refresh? What's the four we've said? So the four we've said: Ryan Bester, Aaron Tees, Aaron Sheriff, 
Alex Marshall. There is one more. Carla, you can have next dibs because you were so <laughs> excited. Lindsay. Uh, maybe it was. Oh, pressure is on. Pressure, pressure, pressure. It's not really. Can't we? <laughs> no. Twisty. No. Incorrect. I've got to give it to Carla because she was making a making a fool of herself. <laughs> is it Scott Tholben? Yes, it is. Ah, Scotty, Scotty yes. T. So hey. very nicely we talk, done. Talk about the pioneers going under the radar. I completely forgot about Scotty T. Mm. Yep, one one with the, the endurance one. and one yes. with the pioneers. Now we've got two more questions to go. Um, oh. How many hours does it take to drive from Moama to Sydney? Wow. Carla. Clive got there first. Moama to Sydney. So years ago we did Moama to Canberra and that was nine hours. So Moama to Sydney's got to be, I would say, 12. Hold on. No, that's nine hours to Canberra. You must drive slow, mate. I was on a bus. That can't be right because that's (laughs) – let me just triple check my answer here because I'm pretty sure that that's not – that 12 hours is a very long time. I think you bypassed Sydney. Is Sydney anywhere near Albury? No, Al- no, no, it is not. Okay, no, no, I was right here. Um, no, so 12 hours, I don't know Mate, what... I live in Western Australia. Yeah. I don't care how long it takes. <laughs> All right. Okay, so 12 hours, definitely not. So who's next? Carla. Yep. Um, well, I actually, I was talking to Glasser and Kaz and they said that they were choosing to fly home because it was an eight-hour drive. So I'm going to go with eight hours. Okay, this is uh, this is almost a record here because Carla is on eleven points in one oh. quiz, more points than questions here. This is unbelievable. Yeah, I was on a for bus. you didn't say what you were driving. You, get, well, a, a scooter, one of those electric scooters that you find in the city. Um, if you've been in the car with um, Glass before, it probably only takes him about six and a half hours. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, be safe on the roads, everyone. Do not uh, do not speed. Um, which two players were tied for fifth in the MVP voting at BPL 14? Carla. Oh, my God. This is – start from you. <laughs> Matt, Matt Flapper yep. and Ryan Bester. Carla Krasanik. That is – How do you know that? That is – Because I actually had a look at that one because Matty played absolutely sensational all week. He was, I don't know, I've never seen anyone get that many touches ever. He was actually getting too close, I think. Like, he was so good that then they were swapping over and the skips were just converting away. So I checked and he only got fifth. So, Calvin, you should have given him some more votes. Well, Ali, I think Ali Forsyth. Is there any way you can see that or is it just because you played in it? No, it's it on was the, in one of the articles. It's on the website, oh. Lachlan yeah. Williams. <laughs> wonderful wordsmith that he is. So, Clive has a stunned mullet look on his face here because Carla Grzanik has absolutely <laughs> destroyed the field. This is unprecedented for a quiz on the right line. Carla on 13 well done, points. Carla. Lindsay and Clive languishing on two. Look, Carla had to come from somewhere. I think, did you come last last year? Not, yeah. Not so. No, that was, <laughs> I, I think I did. Uh, it was me and the uh, Christmas break mm. practicing quizzes. Yeah. I feel it's paid the dividends, <laughs> yeah. mate. Well done. And remember, Why just take the shine off a win, Lens. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> just quickly on the MVP voting as well. So that's decided by the coaches. So the coaches, after every match, have a three-two-one system, and they just go through and agree with each other at the M- at the end of every match and just say, all right, this person got three, this person was two, this person was one. And unfortunately for Ali Forsyth and Matt Flapper, I reckon they would have taken a lot of votes off each other throughout the week. So Matt or Ali both could have been a lot higher. Same with Ryan Bester having votes taken off him as well by Anderson and Van Eldick. So brilliant tournament from all of them. And Lindsay, you got your hand up? I was just going to say, I wonder if there's ever been a standoff with the coaches. They're like, nah, I think my player was the best. And the other <laughs> coach is like, nah, I think my player's the best. <laughs> I'd I'd love to be a fly on the wall there. There probably would have been. I saw a couple of them were um, were having a few discussions, but it wasn't nothing too nothing heated. So be interesting. Nothing newsworthy. No, nothing nothing that we can break here on the right line. Um, (laughs) But this this has all we've. This is all we've got time for. God, my English has gone out the window. Um, Lindsay Clark, thank you very much. You did a stellar job in Moama last week, as per usual. You are just dominating the television screens, and it's not long before we're going to see you hosting the Dally M's or or anything (laughs) or whatever sport you. Whatever other sport you love, you're just going to be hosting everything on there too. <laughs> Thank you, Val. Thanks, guys. I do love doing it, so I'm glad it comes across half decent to watch. So that's very good. So I look forward to next week on our pod squad. 
Looking forward to it. Clive Adams, thank you very much. You did well on uh, on our, on your nightly shows with Lindsay Clark and your stats were just peerless. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun watching. I, I looked nothing like being there though. So uh, can't can't wait to get up there for the uh, for the next edition of the BPL and uh, and get involved. Can't wait. Pine Rivers May 23 to 27. Carla Krasani. Well, might not have gotten up in the tie breaks, but you were dominant in our <laughs> quiz and you take the lead in 2022 on the Right Lines quizzes. So, Carla Krasanik, thank you very much for your part in the show and well done on a great performance by the Melbourne Extreme last week. You guys, uh, it may have been tough in the tie breaks, but your fans were there um, and the the Extreme team, I guess, the the entire Sunbury team were absolutely brilliant with the pom-poms and the banner for Matty Flapper. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, just a quick shout out to the, all the Sunbury Extreme supporters. It was so good having so many people come up and support us, and they really got behind the atmosphere and got into it. And yeah, it was really it was awesome. So um, hopefully we see them again next year, um, or even if they want to get on a plane and head up to Pine Rivers. Should do so because Pine Rivers is going to be a monstrous event. We can't wait for it. May 23 to 27. Book your tickets to Brisbane around that time because you will not be disappointed. This has been Val Febo, Carla Krasanik, Clive Adams and Lindsay Clark on the right line. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. We are there. So that's it from us this week. We'll catch you next week um, to hopefully chat from one of the winning, pe- from one of the winning team members of the BPL Cup City Memorial.